<laughs> I felt like I somehow threw you for a loop anyway. No, not really. Not really. All right, well, that's good. I was mildly distracted by the events of the Phillies-Cardinals uh, playoff game that's going on right now, which, of course, is of no interest to the people listening since it's long long over by the time they hear it. Of course. It's getting hard, man, with all the sports on. It's a busy sports time right now, and it's about to get busier because the NBA is only a couple weeks away. Yeah. We got all this TV to watch. Less. It might just be like 10 days till the NBA. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know how I'm going to manage it all in. And there's a World Cup coming on top of that. Yeah, we are going to talk about some of those things on this podcast too, though. So, you know, maybe we'll lighten the uh, television load. I imagine the television load will be a little lighter anyway, knowing the sports burden that uh, November in particular will carry. Yeah, yeah. For sure. It, you know, I don't know. It feels weird to call it a burden. <laughs> right. Uh, the space it will occupy. Space. Yes. Yeah. It, yeah. it will be taking up space. Um, all right. Uh, do you want to get started with the challenge or should we talk about some entertainment stuff this week? No, I would like to start with something that I hope in approximately seven minutes I'll never speak of again in my life. And that Ooh. is Monster. The Jeffrey Dahmer story on Netflix. And I, would I like also to have start... something I'd like to never speak of again, and it's not that show. Really? Yeah. I I, I can't even I'm not sure what that'll be. I mean I'm definitely intrigued. I definitely don't think Monster's the worst thing we watched this week. <laughs> well, okay. Well I, I don't know if it's the worst. Worst is an interesting word in this context. But um let's let's leave that tease ahead where it is. Um and let people marinate on it. And in the meantime, I would like you to tell me what you believe the purpose of Monster, the Jeffrey Dahmer story is. What is the well, point of this show? You know, I I understand. I think at least I think I understand where you're going with this, um, because I do agree with you that there are times when your POV is so Jeffrey Dahmer that it's a little uncomfortable. And I would say that it adds to that discomfort. The show adds to that discomfort by occasionally dwelling on some of the sick stuff this guy's doing. And I would, I would change the only quibble I would have with what you just said is I would change the word occasionally to the word primarily. Prime, oh yeah. See, I don't know if I feel that way. Most but, of the first two episodes is examining in great care, the specific process of a psychotic murderer who targeted gay uh, black men it's 
Perverse. He targeted, he targeted gay men of all kinds of races, as you see. I, I don't know how many you watched. I watched two, but. and I'll never watch another. And and I truly think this is on the wrong side of the line of fetishing a ser- fetishizing a serial killer. I really do. It's way too much, and I truly can't understand the purpose. And if uh, if if the stated purpose, you know, if Ryan Murphy was to say to me. Well, the whole point is to make you uncomfortable, so I guess I've done my job. I would call bullshit on that because that purpose has no purpose in this context. I mean, do you think that do you think that the show like I don't think the show was trying to convince you like this is a good person. I don't think no. I don't think it's ever doing that. No, it's just taking such delicate care with showing you how twisted he is that it becomes a fetishization. It's it's just yucky and i don't know why you would want to make this show i don't frankly think the jeffrey dahmer case is one that bears much examination beyond what would be interesting is a documentary about how racism played a significant part in the number of people he was allowed to be uh, allowed to kill before he got caught yeah, well, I think we're getting into that. Well, but this is uh, not a documentary. So that examination from Ryan Murphy is not, to me, as as impactful or powerful. And although it's hinted at, certainly, in the first two episodes, the obvious point, I shouldn't say point because I don't think there is one, the obvious narrative storytelling style of this show is very specifically and and like with great amounts of time watching the twisted perverted stuff that Jeffrey Dahmer was doing I don't get it and 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 like I, I don't I think it's bad for the world like I think this this content is a net negative for humanity, in my opinion, <laughs> you watched. Uh, I mean, we watched. We did it on the show. The, um, uh, you know, the Versace killer, the Versace murders. What was the name of the show? I don't even remember anymore. Yeah. Um, and I thought that more had more interesting, wider spread implications. Although even that was a little uncomfortable in in terms of how closely it. You know, it makes it makes a meal of murder, and in this case, of particularly twisted murder that also involved cannibalism. Like it's just too much. It's not. I I, I just think it's kind of nasty. Yeah, I mean, I like. <laughs> Like I said, I I understand how you feel because I do think it 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 really has some trouble with the lines at certain points. I, yeah. I don't. I think that's kind of undeniable. And I guess uh, even if there's even if even if that's half the show and the other half is a marginally interesting examination of you know race and racism and homophobia in 1990s America. Fair enough, I guess. But to me, it's not worth the price of admission at all, or even close. Well, and I also think it's kind of like so it's you know it's showing you it's trying to show you how he got to be this way. 
Yeah, but see, I have but, no interest in that. There's no excuse but, for a Jeffrey Dahmer. There's right. no really explaining away a Jeffrey Dahmer for me. So that part of it, I'm especially uninterested in. Well, and I think, but I and I think it's also sort of substituting ultimately just hey, here are some weird things that have happened to you for cause, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? Right. Like this person is is I would imagine by all like you know all my understanding of psychiatry and psychology. This is a person who was probably born this way because of a particular brain chemistry that was irregular, right? Because you just don't get to the point he got to without that, in my general understanding. Now, I don't want to pretend to be an expert. I really have no idea. But, like, for me, if you're giving me backstory that's supposed to explain his behavior, it's it's going to do one of two things. It's either A, going to show you a bunch of deeply horrific stuff that happened to him as a child, stuff that might actually be horrific enough to make you believe it was a significant factor in him becoming a cannibalistic serial killer. In which case, it's going to be like, great, I've learned nothing. Okay, we're saying that a, a child being savaged may lead to bad consequences in the future. Like that—that's not meaningful or important or interesting. The other option is, like, you know, his dad smacked him a couple times and said a mean thing to his mom. In which case, it's like that doesn't explain anything. It's like you know what I mean. I like I just don't. I I see no merit in the examination of Jeffrey Dahmer's childhood. Hmm. I mean, I think there's potentially merit. I'm just not sure the way that this show played it out there that there ultimately is merit. The other thing I, I think is it is fair to be said about this show. Um, and the reason why I haven't like decided that I'm giving up on it forever. I, I do think that it's fairly well made. Like it's, it's fairly well constructed as a show. Tremendously well made. And I, yeah. I, I and like Ryan Murphy from a content and theme perspective is not someone I am particularly entertained by with great frequency. Um, that being said, no one could ever tell you that he does not know how to make a television show because everything from the acting to the way it's shot to just the, the, I mean, one of the great themes of the first two episodes is that his apartment is hot and smelly and you feel like you're in it. You really do. It's upsetting, but, but it, it's effective. Um, man, he's got a wide array of excuses for this. this well, and none of them are credible, you know? And so, so much of it is like, okay, is this how it really went down? And then I want to look it up, but like, I really don't want to spend my time looking into the details of a like I guess to me and by the way the actor playing Dahmer is also spectacular but to me I just don't even after watching it get the point like I don't feel like Jeffrey Dahmer was a story worth looking more deeply into I don't for what like again unless it's a documentary about the specific you know, racist and homophobic issues that that maybe prevented him from being caught. 
that could be interesting. But like to just retell the story, it's like we know what he did. We know it was in- extremely fucked up. We know, and he's dead, and he got caught eventually. Like, there's no mystery here. There's just a psychopath who I don't. I don't deserve. I don't know that he deserves the care in storytelling that he is receiving. Mm. Um. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to say. Like, yeah, I guess. I guess. I. 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 I, I guess that's fair in terms of. Does he deserve the care? Like, of course not. Like, what is what does this guy deserve? Period. You know what I mean? Like, he's a he's a monster. Um, but I mean, even like the way in which he's a monster is not particularly revealing about anything. <laughs> you know, it's not telling us anything about society at that time. Really, the fact that he didn't get caught for so long might be, but that's not the focus of the show. So, well, look, I the show does have a very important message, which is that, like, Wisconsin's pretty messed up. Well, sure. But, <laughs> you know, there are much easier ways to both send and receive that message. <laughs> okay. I do think that, that that is a message that we, do, we don't tell often enough in our society. Well, it, it gets some good run every four years. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, all right. Um. I guess I I want to bring up the other show that I thought was was definitely worse than this. Okay, uh, let's do it because I'm interested. Hold on, wait. Before you say, let me guess. Uh, you are well. I guess there's only one other show. <laughs> Interesting. I, yeah, I really didn't think it was definitely worse. So I didn't. I didn't mean to do that by show, but uh, yeah. Look, I don't know if it's if it's a case of well, you, we stepped to the wrong one, you know, with with this, but. Um, man, uh, interview with the vampire, I just felt was totally unsuccessful, wildly uncharismatic, just a, just an, just a whole execution mess, um, that I, I just, I, I, I watched one, I have no interest in watching another and, uh, I'm just, I'm just flat out, out. I, I'd like you know, I, I don't, I don't, not trying to be mean, but as as much as I enjoyed Grey Worm, the character it was not a character with a lot of range. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I, and I, and I, 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 I'm not sure why you would choose an actor who has not necessarily displayed a lot of range to display the main character in this. Um, well, I mean, I think he is. You know, there's a, there's a similar coldness that belies you know inner feelings in both characters i don't know that he's supposed to be particularly expressive certainly in this first uh first episode i i don't know that the other one is available unless you're an amc plus subscriber i you know i'm i guess i'm surprised you had such strong feelings um, I'm not going to say it's, I didn't have such strong feelings in terms of like, it didn't make me feel a whole lot while I was watching it other than like, when will this end? Uh, right. Well, that's the strong feeling that I'm referring to. I think okay. when will this end feeling, um, I look, was it somewhat over the top and fantastical? Yes. But I think that's the point was there some wasted time uh 
at the beginning, just like with Eric Bogosian clunking around. It was the best thing in it, I thought, by the way. I agree. But Doing I thought Eric Bogosian stuff. Yeah, he's just being very Bogosian y. Um, but when, you know, once they sat down and started really telling the story a little bit, I, I felt like it was a fine pilot. And I don't, I don't know that it was anything more than that. So I guess, like, I'm not surprised that you don't have a good review here. Um, but I actually, I, I think I'll probably give it at least another couple episodes to, to really, uh, catch me up in it. You know, I don't know if it will, as we always say, the, you know, the landscape is crowded, but it's incredibly well rated. And I imagine that's by people who've seen more than just the first episode. I um, guess I have a feeling it's Anne Rice heads and people who like the movie or whatever. Honestly, but I mean, it's 98% cause... on Rotten Tomatoes. 98%. Yeah. Well, and like, uh, well, I'm allowed to. I'll tell you that much. I'm allowed to. Yeah, I, I, I you know, I'll it, if I feel like it earns that 98 percent after three or four episodes, I'll, I'll try to let you know, because okay. I, I would certainly agree with you that you know, that seems ridiculous after one episode. Even though I, I'm not mad at them yet. <laughs> Uh, this was not like mind-blowingly excellent, um, but I I want to give it a little runway because I I do I mean I never read the book but I'm fond of the movie and I think it's a an interesting story I like a a good vampire tale as much as the next guy so you know I want it to be good, um, but I I would agree with you that after one episode there is nothing to recommend it as particularly good in any way. So uh, the ninety eight percent is a little surprising. Yeah, yeah, I I'm shocked to hear you say that. I mean, I probably, uh, I probably picked this based somewhat on the on the rating, so I I shouldn't be shocked, but I but I am stunned to hear that. Yeah, I mean, you know, again. Even if you do the top critics, it's ninety four percent. All right. Well, so it's go. yeah. I don't. You know who knows. Um, we disagree. <laughs> well, but we disagree with these semi frequently. I would say so. Like you know, it may be that even in three or four weeks, I say yeah, that's just ridiculous. Uh, but I'm prepared to entertain the concept of it for at least another couple of weeks. All right. Fair enough. Uh, let me know if it gets any good, but I I will not be checking back into 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 interview with the vampire any anytime soon. All right. Um. All right. What else did we watch? <laughs> well, we watched two films. The first one, directed by Sinai Lathan, uh, was on Paramount Plus, and it's called The Come Up. I'm sorry, it's called On the Come Up. On the Come Up. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And and I'll just go first because I here's what I would say. Um, to me, this movie was perfectly good, but I guess what I would say is that it's exactly, it rises to the exact highest level of goodness it could rise to without me really having anything 
specific or better than that to say about it. It it, it feels, and you know what, <laughs> this may be in its own right an achievement, um, but it feels like a very middle of the road, straightforward, enjoyable but not special film about a young woman trying to get into the rap game with some family issues. <laughs> Which, like, <laughs> I guess, you know, and and, and what, uh, largely, if not entirely, black cast. Um, the fact that this is just a normal, entirely black-led indie film feels like progress to me. Um, yeah, I would say that, that, and I think I like this a lot more than you did, actually. I found it to be quite charming. Yes. Um, yeah, I see. I, I'm trying not to diminish it because I agree. Everyone is good. Um, what's her face from we, we've said her name so many times from Orange is the New Black as the uh, gangster lady. Pooh. I'm not sure she is from Orange is the no, New Black. And I do this every time, too. I think um, that she was from High Fidelity. That's right. And her name is Divine Joy Randolph. Um, and every single time we have this conversation, she was also, of course, in, uh, only murders in the building. Um, and I confuse her with a particular person from Orange is the New Black and we don't need to redo it. It's just me being dumb, but yeah, she's great. Just like she always is to be perfectly honest. Uh, I, I, the young lady who plays the lead character is really good. Totally believable. Method Man, very good, totally believable. Sinai Lathan as the mom, great performance. Everyone's good. It's charming. It's entertaining. It just feels very, like it's not new. It's not new stuff exactly. It's just a good movie. <laughs> yeah, my one thing, I thought the ending kind of like, I don't know, rap battle is a tough form to sort of do a climactic ending. Yeah, I felt like that sort of fell a little bit flat, particularly compared to the rest of the story. Um, but I, I like the performances. I like the way it was directed. Um, totally, I, I was, I was impressed with uh, Sanaa Lathan in that regard. Um, and yeah, like I mean, it's not like it's not a life changing film by any means. No, and look, all the rap battles and stuff, like pretty good. I believe believably good. Right, the raps were good enough that you believed the story. Yes. Yeah, I would say that that's fair. So yeah, I mean, uh, an all-around thumbs up. But but like you said, like this is not a life-changing movie. This is not a like drop whatever you were doing tonight and make sure you watch on the come up. But like, if you're just looking for a good movie to entertain you, it's it is one. <laughs> yes. If you're looking for a film, this is it. <laughs> Um, but no, really, I, I mean, we I, roll the I, dice so much, right? Like, this is like a clear, good dice roll, you know? Yeah, and Paramount Plus is a service that I think could use some wins, and I would call this one for them. Totally. You know what I mean? Totally. So, so yeah. So I, I, I am a little higher on on the come up than than you were. Yeah, but I don't want to make it sound like I'm down on it at all because I would totally recommend it. Um. Yeah, no, no, I get it. I get I it. I feel like the Sorry. greatest beer run ever is going to swing the exact opposite way. 
No, I would say that almost everything that you said about, uh, well, I don't know, almost everything. Uh, like the greatest beer run ever, I thought was a fine little movie idea. It's like it makes a lot of sense to me that this was the the, the folks that did Green Book. You know what yep. I mean? It's it's a it's a it's a like made for TV Green Book feels like it's like a pretty good summation of it actually. Well, uh, I think I think the only thing that summation leaves out is that I really think Zac Efron and the fact like the the fact of this story, which is unlike Green Book, which like not only takes place in a very serious context, but is a really serious story, largely, right? I mean, there are some fun moments in that movie, but, like, the facts of everything are were, were real and, and you know, a, a dark time in our history. Yeah, the facts of this are supposed to be real, too, though, right? Well, that's, but, but, the, but the, the, the fact of war is tough, right? Yeah, but the fact of a guy who legitimately was just sitting in a bar, drinking with some people, and said, "Someone said, hey, we should, you know, it'd be great if we could just buy a beer for all the boys over fighting World War II in Europe," and he was like, "Yeah, I could do that," and then he did it. Is <laughs> so absurd in the most like delightful yeah. way. This that, is a like, war, by the way. <laughs> that. What's that? It's a diff- different war. But, uh, oh, I'm sorry. Vietnam. Jesus. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Bill Murray uh, was a veteran of World War II. Anyway, the point is, uh, even though I got the war wrong, the point is the same. He would not have been able to fly over or, or, or you know, fly around so easily uh, in, in World War II, I don't think. In... In Vietnam, to go over there and do this and actually, like, just hitchhike, essentially, out to the front lines is so beyond ridiculous and, and kind of delightful. So I don't think they focused enough on how insane that journey must have been, right? Like, they kind of – you got to just sort of hitchhikes and gets to places, you know what I mean, in the middle of these war zones. It's – I mean, everyone who sees him comments on how ridiculous it is, uh, but – yeah, it's insane, but it happened. So, you know, to me, that and the performance by Zac Efron, who is laugh-out-loud funny and also, I think, pulls off the the serious parts because they are in a war that, you know, this movie is certainly, uh, it may not be part of the anti-war movement uh, that's now long over, but it, it, it strikes that tone, you know? It's not shying away from how bad Vietnam was as a government action. Um, and and I think the way they play Zac Efron's initial enthusiasm against that. I mean, look, it, this movie is vulnerable to some of the same criticisms as Green Book in terms of its it's a, it's probably a little too sweet for its own good at times. Uh, but I think it. I think it carries off similar to Green Book, even when some of those things feel a little overly sweet. I think they're often actually delivered with really convincing and engaging performances by the actors. And for me, that that's enough to sort of elevate this be, uh, above made for TV movie. But I'm not going to tell you it's life changing either. I will say I thoroughly enjoyed it. 
Interesting. All right. So I, I don't know that I like the movie as much uh, as you, you did, but I, and I was headed there. I'm glad that you mentioned it. I, I really thought it was a super interesting performance from Zac Efron. And I, I found myself coming out of it, like really interested in what, like the post heartthrob, uh, uh, you know, career of Zac Efron is going to be. Uh, he hasn't had, I don't, I don't think a lot of successes lately. Like I, I feel like, but that was a movie star's swing, right? Yeah. I mean, this movie is a, it is built fully around Zac Efron. He, it is a movie star role. Like Russell Crowe's there, but he's really just a relatively small supporting actor to be the second biggest actor in the film, you know? Yeah. And, and he's, you know, but he's also playing this like, Thoroughly average middle-aged guy, right? Yeah, you know, and who does something incredible. Yeah, um, and I, I think that's interesting, and I think that he does it well. And I'm just, I'm curious to see where, where he goes. Even though I don't think he's had a lot of, you know, like say post neighbors success. <laughs> well, yeah, and even all that stuff was a lot of like ensemble comedy and silliness. Um, but no, I mean, I think he definitely has the ability. Uh yeah he does I'm I'm interested so so good on good on Zach Efron for that I guess um and the movie's fine like I, you're not gonna have regret regretted watching it I think I think had this been one of those that you know went straight from the theaters to streaming and I had to pay for it I I don't know how happy I would have been but yeah having not paid for it I was fine with the two hours yeah yeah I I I mean I definitely enjoyed it more than you did but. But again, like, in a way, it feels like we're getting back to something, you know, finger quotes, normal with the movie industry, where we're seeing more just, like, regular old movies come out. At the same time, sometimes I feel like we're being sold regular old movies at, like, movie event uh, discourse levels, and I wonder what that means. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm happy that they just made a movie that's like adults talking, and clearly was not never going to be a blockbuster, right? Um, but also isn't like super art house indie either. You know, like there just aren't no. enough of those movies in the world. And I think both of these movies pretty much qualify in that category. I mean, yeah. yes, there are some explosions in the greatest beer run ever, but that they're more incidental than anything. Yeah, and there's some gunshots in, in on the come up, but. Yeah. Yeah, that's about it. That's about it. By the way, Method Man, I thought was really good in that. Yeah, I mentioned him, Cliff yeah. Smith doing the thing. <laughs> um, looks good to suit. Who knew? Is it Smith? No, I don't know. Now I'm questioning whether I got Method Man's <laughs> last name right. Um, yeah. Yeah, uh, I was right. Uh, all right, good job. Good job. Right. You want to talk challenge? I do. I, you know, look, these two episodes, I think, were the most, uh, they're the simplest. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, uh, although I, you know, I made the mistake, which we don't usually do, of listening to the official challenge podcast uh, before we're recording this. And they said something that I would add to uh, these being easy. I, I am really glad that. Now, I, I would not have been upset if they put it in the relationships episode, but uh, even in the sort of final pick it up the pieces episode, I'm really glad that the Nelson Corey love affair got its own segment. Yeah, like I, I'm not it. It got dusty more than once. 
it, well, the, the DM out. stuff is just waterworks, right? Yeah, I mean, it, 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 because you know what? I mean, listen, you know, you see the people who actually interacted with her breaking down, trying to talk about it, and obviously they're that's different. They have their own lived experience with DM that that they're thinking about, but like the effect it has on a viewer who watched the challenge religiously at that time is not dissimilar. It, it's certainly less significant, but I think that the like mechanism of effect is similar in that, like that was a time in my life that I cared about the show and I cared about the people on it. And they, I, like I had relationships with them as television characters and Watching CT and DM go through that and watching DM eventually pass away was, like, a lot. I, and it was something I was very emotionally involved in at the time. So it's not that surprising that it had a significant emotional effect. Yeah, and I would say, likewise, I thought they really did um, uh, Justice to the Night and Jemmy story, which, yeah. I, which I was not as invested in in real time. Nor was I. And CT thing. Because it felt like less of a – that. More of that relationship took place on the real world. Correct. Which and I was not I watching at that off time. camera as yeah. well. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. yeah but uh, so much of DM and TT took place right in front of us. And so much of DM's last several years of life took place on camera. Yeah. Incredible that she went on that show as sick as she, as she was. Like, I don't think we talk about that enough, you know? No. And I remember feeling that way at the time. Yeah. Because yeah. the way she was getting sick on the show and ultimately had to leave was, like, she obviously was too sick to be there. You know what I mean? But the the just, the attitude, the the determination to to show up anyway, it's incredible. And it was what made her such an appealing character to so many people. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... Part of it. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of it, I guess I would say. Sure, sure. She had a great outlook on life, but she was also just a really great person to be around. You know what I mean? Like, like one of the great baby phases, I think, of, of all time on that show. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's just how do you not like Diem? You know? Just, just, just had really great positive energy, I think. So, um, yeah. yeah. I, uh, uh, and, and I'm glad they got plenty of, like, hair whips in there with the dancing. Because, <laughs> like, that's one of the first things I think of if someone was like, you know, the, the DM's legacy as a challenger. It's like always starting the dance party is is up there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, the you know the magic of the show to me is like watching the story of Cam and Leroy's romance yeah. develop. It's just as compelling as watching the evolution of Bananas and Wes's rivalry. Well, you know what's funny is the 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 sports world has come to the challenge. That that that's maybe more than anything what I realized watching these last two episodes of the documentary. That like, why is the challenge uh, the the third best sport in America right now? You know, is the question I was asking myself. And yes, I'm going to continue that bit for, for, uh, <laughs> as long as I can. Um. Even though there's baseball on my television right now, uh, <laughs> I'm going to continue referring to cha the challenge as America's third sport. Now, why is it that? I, I think it's because as a culture, we have evolved to enjoy drama and 
in particular soap operatic drama, if you will, in everything we watch, but maybe maybe as much as anything in our sports. You know, how often do we talk about the percentage of, for instance, NBA coverage that is about stuff other than the game of basketball? <laughs> you know, yeah. like that's part of every sport now. And it's part of, it, frankly, everything in the world. You, you look at the movie world. Don't worry, darling. I have no fucking idea what that movie is about. But I have heard about it nonstop because of weird stuff that went on on the set and between the actors and the director. I almost carved a couple hours out to go to that, by the way. I, I mean, I, I I'm, didn't get the chance, but I can't lie. I am interested. Will I ever end up seeing it? I don't know. But I, I am intrigued about a movie I can't say for certain I would have otherwise heard of. I have yet to see a preview. Yeah, I've seen a commercial, but I haven't seen a preview. Um, so yeah. I like I don't know, man. I don't like the, the the world is weird. I can't explain it. But what I can say is that this level of drama, which has always been a part of the challenge. In fact, I think you could argue maybe even more so in years past. Um, it is what makes the challenge such an excellent sport for 2022. Is that not only does it have insane feats of physical ability. But it it comes part and parcel with a level of dramatics that, sure, some of it is just over-the-top bickering and fighting, but some of it is legitimately a window into people's lives, whether it's watching them grow over a decade of participating in the show or watching them, you know, find a partner and start a family or, or you know experience loss and tragedy in the case of dm and ct and and jemmy and knight so like that stuff and and the and this is something that these episodes spoke to the intense reality of that stuff is part of what makes the challenge great and i think part of what makes it a real sport for now yeah well and that it's sort of turned the social part into into competition to the point where you you see people who really succeed in this game without being good at the sports parts, you know, and thinking of your, your big T's, your yeah. non, uh, I would say it's Devin at some points, although I think Devin has, uh, improved his athletic ability over the course of, of the sure. show. And listen, we, that, that's another thing that makes the challenge great because we have plenty of sports where the average f- fan or viewer can't begin to imagine you know, functioning athletically on the level of the participants. It's cool to have one where that's not the case. Yeah. I also like, I mean, you know, the, the and honestly, I'd, I'd sort of forgotten about Jay beating CT. Yes. Well, <laughs> it wasn't I, that long ago. And, <laughs> and I think, like, just quickly, before the Jay and CT thing, because I, I think you're about to make a really interesting point, but I just want to add, like, the and I think this is almost undeniable, the the number one, like, it's not even necessarily athletic, but for the purposes of this discussion, athletic trait that a challenger needs to have is heart. Like, that's honestly more important than any specific physical trait. Now, obviously, 
the better you are physically, the better you'll do with the physical stuff. But at the end of the day, especially in a final, heart's going to be as important as anything. Because yeah. dare, I are, say, dare I say that's why Fessy has no titles to this board. That's right. There are yeah. very few activities in the challenge that just about any reasonably fit person couldn't complete. Now, will you do them as fast? You know, will you lift as much, run as fast? You know, all that stuff. Maybe not. But, but like, most of the stuff they do is completable by anybody in decent shape. It's just how bad do you want it? Yeah. No, 100%. I think it's 100% true. And I, I, I you know, that's one of the things that makes this game cool. Uh, you know, the, the thing I was going to say about the, the J uh, upset was that, like, it's got room for these sort of classic sports narratives, right? Like, CT was essentially the champ who, who wasn't taking things seriously enough, yeah. let things slip, and... Yeah, it's a real, what, Rocky In the face situation? of loss, yeah, it's like, yeah, like, I'm going to rededicate myself to this, and you, you know, you can see what happens. And, um... You know, it is a place where sometimes incredible upsets happen, and yep. some of those moments are great. You know, and it is, it, it's a place where people fall in love. It's a place where people have super dumb fights. <laughs> it's a place where men, you know, like kind of like that producer says, like watching those two be, you know, especially one of whom was like. I actually, I'd say both of them were probably as big a fuckboys as you're gonna find on the show. Yes, like those two guys develop this like true and genuine bond and and be super comfortable expressing their feelings for each other on national television. Yeah, it was really that was really powerful. It was really powerful. Um, yeah, you know. and look, this show. <clears throat> I think I want to be careful. The show has generally been reasonably progressive and where it has made mistakes it has tried to make up for them and like that that's i wish that wasn't as good as any show in the world has maybe ever done but it kind of is (laughs) well particularly in the landscape of reality television yeah Um, yes yeah yeah it's 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 a shining light in that regard yeah i I have two people um, that I want to single out as, uh, you know, maybe I'm hoping that they watch this and have some regrets. Mm -hmm. The first of those is Julie. Yeah, but she doesn't. So, (laughs) yeah, I'm hoping that maybe that she at least watched this back and went, oh, I, I. Like you, I am lacking compassion in this situation. This is one of those things, right? Where like the basketball player grabs someone's nuts and is like, I, I, I didn't mean to. It's the heat of the action. Stuff happens. And you're like, yeah, but you like grabbed his nuts and tugged him between his legs. So like that goes a little, you know, even if that's what happened, even if that's an accurate description of your mental state, like it's clearly not okay. And you would hope that that player, 20 years later, can acknowledge when shown the video, like, okay, the way I literally pulled on that guy's nutsack was probably inappropriate. And, but, like, 
for her to be like, well, okay, I, I mean, I guess it was a little scary, but I would, I didn't mean to, like to address it that way. Insane. Like you were messing with somebody's safety harness, ten stories above concrete. Yeah. Like certain death, not not like that's definitely gonna hurt. I hope you're okay. Certain death. You were I toying yeah. with some somebody else's certain death over a ridiculous television reality game. Like, I get that you were just trying to win and you weren't necessarily trying to hurt her, but if you can't recognize that that is potentially traumatizing, like lifelong traumatizing for someone. Right. Thank God it wasn't, frankly. Um, it's like if a Major League Baseball pitcher threw 100 at a guy's head and was like, yeah, I threw at his head. It's part of the game. You'd be yeah. like, no, it's not. <laughs> it's not. Yeah, like I could have been killed. You right. know exactly. Um, that is like yeah, that was super messed up. And then the other one I think is is Hunter. Um, you know I think uh, people I, are still I, very I think, split on that. So I doubt he's gonna uh, uh, walk away. And look, I mean he knows he knew what he said when he lied about saying it, right? So like I don't think he learned anything. The way he talked about it was just not okay. Just not okay. And I think no. you have to. Except, except whatever comes your way after that. You know what I mean? I guess. Um, I mean, I would point out that she did not know that at the time, that particular comment. But he talked. Yeah, he did. She brought it up at the final, and he lied. Right? They, then they showed the clip. Well, right. But, I mean, she didn't argued. hear that, right? Someone someone relayed to her his general uh commentary i don't remember exactly what happened obviously because it's a long seasons ago but it's certainly on the in within that show they implied that she was within earshot when he said it she was in the cult nearby closet or something huh. um well so i look i can't say for certain that it uh that she didn't hear it herself but she I certainly she didn't hear it. but either way the point is he talked to her very close to that level, not quite as spicy of language, but he was nasty to her all season long to her face. Yep. And in the argument, like immediately afterwards. I mean, obviously yes. it's a lot more understandable then, but yeah. like. Well, I mean, I'm not going to say it was never understandable during the season, but that doesn't change the fact that like you chose particularly nasty in terms of your tone to address this person. Yeah. <laughs> and you paid for it. So like if he wasn't if he didn't arrive at that place of like, you know what? I kind of sowed my own oats there by like a year afterwards. I don't know why it would change by now. You know what I'm saying? Like the facts were all right there in front of him at the time. Yeah, well, I mean, look, we haven't Hunter hasn't been on the show for a while. Yeah, um, and maybe that's why, because he yeah. was embarrassed or something. But he did come know. back after I'm that. I mean, he's a more mature individual now, you know, than he was then. One would hope. Um, but yeah, didn't didn't look great. I didn't think. <laughs> just just didn't. No, just didn't. no. Although I gotta say, like, by the way, it just makes me think of that. You know that Twitter meme where it's it's like me reaping. Yeah, me sewing. <laughs> yes, yeah. That's yeah. that's that's what this conversation is making me think of. But but uh, Hunter, or I mean, rather, Ashley doesn't look great there either, because 
he was a he was a dickhead all season is definitely a a valid reason to not give someone money at the same time I don't think like it's not like she was a uh, an absolute innocent darling all season and if he had been the winner and not given her the money cuz she didn't help him that much and she was like rude to him I don't think she would have handled that very well so no, like have handled that very well but yeah so that's not I, the way it played out yeah I, I mean, mean no I, one handles it well I mean you know look that, and that's the other thing is like when when bananas did it with way less justification to do so, you know what I mean? Like we're all like, Whoa, the balls, you know what I mean? And I feel like we should be the same way for Ashley with even more justification for doing so. You know, oh, I am. I a hundred percent am good for her. She and won the, the game. She got the option. The same way. I think, I think. Yeah. No, I mean, I'm not hating at all. Like that's the game. The That's how the cookie crumbles, Hunter. Tough shit. Um, but, you know, let me put it this way. I think in that moment, Ashley was pretty glad that Hunter had been a dick all season. <laughs> yeah, maybe so. Maybe so. I mean, like, like obviously, CT uh, is, the, is the goat of this situation as well, right? Yes, because, like, and, and, and honestly, like, I like to think that's what I would do in that scenario. Like it's free money. I mean, sort of. It's 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 all profit, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. I would like to think I have the respect, unless it's someone I really dislike for some reason. Um, in terms of the opposition, like I would like to think that I would drop a few bucks in their pocket too. Yeah. Well, and I, look, that would, in fairness, that was not the option for bananas or Ashley, right? No. It wasn't, you know. You, you you didn't get to split the money whatever way you wanted. No, and, and in fact, take it all, take half. You know what I mean? Right, but also those were their teammates. You right. know, <laughs> and I think in both cases, although more so in Ashley's, their teammates were critically important to their victory. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's I, the thing. Like Johnny really had no justification. So if you're looking for the you know the biggest dickhead to ever steal hundreds of thousands of dollars from someone on this show, it's definitely Johnny Bananas. Johnny justification was the quite correct calculation that this will be one of the most talked about moments in the history of the show, and it'll be to my benefit. And well, that and I think also the two hundred and seventy-five thousand dollars was a factor. <laughs> that too, yeah, that too. <laughs> um, like honestly, I'm not sure he does it for seventy-five thousand, but for yeah, two hundred seventy-five, right. like. You might be right. Johnny's a guy that thinks about making good TV, though, I'm pretty sure. No doubt. No yeah. doubt. Yeah. But yeah. but by that same token, Ashley is not unaware of the cameras. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, all uh, right. Do you have speaking, anything to add about this now that we've seen the entirety of it? No, I think we added almost everything we needed to add. You know, nothing felt left out. Uh, I thought I thought they got the big issues. I will say, look, overall, I shouldn't say nothing felt left out because we already talked a couple weeks ago about the stuff that was clearly deliberately left out. Um, yeah. And, and you that, know, that wasn't all of it, by the way. Like, you know, the D stuff got yep. left, you know, clearly left out and some other things. So Yeah, this was a uh, state 
sanctioned documentary. So, yeah. like, I don't know that we ever expected a deep examination of the truly dark times. Um, that's probably a film somebody outside the Challenge family has to make someday if, if we ever want to see it. But in the meantime, this is what we get, and I thought it was pretty good. Uh, it certainly did the job of getting me very excited for next week, which... I feel like we should talk about a little bit. Yeah. So ride or die. Uh, we're ride or dies. I should yeah, say. That's right. You should say. <laughs> Starts next week. Uh, I am a fan, as we talked about with the the family season that they did. What was that blood bloodlines? Yes. Um, of like bringing your people, choosing your own partners, uh, which it seems like has been done that's in right. this season. Um, we've and, got a couple legends back, you know, bananas yep. is back. Laurel is back. Yep. This, this yep. is, this is to me big for the franchise. And, uh, and th- here's one thing that I think is really interesting. And we will, we will see, I guess what the effect is. Uh, but, and I'm just looking to double check. Yeah. There are four teams that have two challengers. All right. It's Devin and Tori, Darrell and Veronica, which, hey, uh, good for them, but they've got an uphill battle. Is probably the two oldest people in the competition. Bananas and Nani and Jordan and Anissa. I think you have to walk in with those four as your favorites at the same time. Those are also obvious targets for the rest of the house because every team, except maybe one or two. Oh, and I didn't count Jay and Michelle as having two challengers because Michelle was there for like three minutes. Um, <laughs> yeah, but I think she was, I think she's a talented challenger. I guess I can't say good. Cause we haven't seen enough from her. Like, well, listen, I think she's going to, uh, you know, there, there's like I think two or three teams that have are, are total rookies, um, but otherwise all the teams have at least one challenger. So it's not like very many I, teams are going to be watch lost out for, for Amber and her boyfriend as well. Yeah, well, I, I mean, look, no one's going to be lost, which would ma- lead me to believe like most of those other teams are going to target those four double challenger teams early don't you think uh well i don't know because right like you know so like for example like one of the challenger slash rookie teams is um uh casey and her brother right yeah well Well, they may end up with they're clearly not going after nani and bananas you know what i mean yeah they may end up in in a well and that's the other side of this is um Bananas and Nani are clearly aligned with Casey and and her brother and, you know, historically definitely not aligned with the other double challenger teams. Like right. Devin, but, Tori, Jordan, Anissa. Yeah. Also, I think know, that also means that Fessy and his partner are probably not right or going to be in that same group. You know yeah, what I mean? And, and here's another thing. are going to stick together, I would think. So the, the thing I am probably most interested in going in is two-part question a how did jordan and anisa end up together and b how will it work 
between Anissa and Tori, who ordinarily would be aligned. How's that going to work out? Yeah, I don't know. I kind of think I kind of think the uh, the longtime vets are going to may may do some bonding here, but we'll. It's gonna it's gonna be interesting to see. I'm also, like where Nelson and Fessy at right now. I'm kind of interested in that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's a great point. Nelson and Fessy definitely have some stuff. Turbo's there, which will be fun. Um, there, right. That's there's... another thing. It's like, aren't you like thinking like I'm gonna I want to get Turbo out of here? I would I would Maybe. be thinking that. Maybe. Yeah, it's definitely something that to think about. Like, there, like, but... like he's a real wild card in this game. Yeah, but there are big names. There are exciting competitors. Uh, no CT or West, which is a little disappointing, but, uh, you know, I think CT earned a little time off. Yeah, I'm not uh, I'm not going to say I'm disappointed per se, but I'm, I'm a little shocked that Josh is not on the show. Yeah. See, this one seems pretty tailor-made for him, to be honest. Yeah, that's a good point. Always enjoy, especially with like a, a a member of his family. Yeah, exactly. Like he seems like he's probably got about ten ride or die family members. Yeah, you know, plus yeah. all these. You know, he's got a lot of show friendships that he could have been ride or dies with too. So like, I uh, you know, yeah, like I don't know. I think it would have been interesting to see him in this one. Maybe he found out Nani was going to be with bananas, and he just said, "I don't want to do it." <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe. Um. Yeah, it's going to be – it looks like a really interesting action-packed season. There is There was one bit of making out in the trailer that didn't seem like it was from a pre-existing couple, so I'm curious about that as well. Ooh. Um, well, it uh, – no one specifically said anything, but uh, I did get some hints that – well, I, Tori did say – here's what Tori said. When they showed up at the challenge – she and Jordan had not spoken since they broke up, which was months and months at that point. And basically, we get to see the entire processing of that relationship on television. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. So. That really was. We didn't talk about that. Um, you know, we think we talked about it in real time what had happened. but We definitely that, did. The, the proposal. What, yeah. What an, also just an incredible moment. Yeah. Uh, just, and again... Just, uh, just like part of what's special about the challenge. It was, it was just an ordinary Jordan beating someone in an elimination until there was a marriage proposal. Yeah. Yeah. That he'd plot, clearly plotted out beforehand and, all, all, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So really incredible. great stuff. So incredible. And, and like, I don't know that, you know, look, I understand that they, in real life they didn't even make it to the altar. But, like, that was a, just a real moment. You know what I mean? Like, like you're really watching people's real lives. Yeah, really happened in this kind of like explosion of joy. You know, I and loved they, the I way lo that everybody else reacted to it was also amazing. One hundred percent. And I've never loved Pauly more than when in the documentary he was like, "I can't believe they didn't get married because now I can never do that." He's ruined <laughs> it for me. <laughs> and he didn't even and go he through. Didn't it. even get through. <laughs> yeah, I like that. That was great too because it. Polly absolutely seems like the kind of guy that 100%. would do hundred percent would do that. Do you think that? Right. I mean, his. It really stood out to me that he was a fairly active participant in this, and that Carm uh, yeah. was nowhere to be found. Very confusing. Don't know what to make of it. And I don't know what that like makes. Do we know? Are they still together? 
Like I believe I'm they very, are. I'm confused by all of this. I believe they're still together. I mean, uh, she's there's been some the ups most and downs. Notable omission, I feel like, as of of challengers, right? There have been some ups and downs, but I guess they are uh, they're technically together, but maybe in an open relationship. Oh, okay. They share a home in Montana as of June. All right, man. Carmory really stuck. With the, Montana was Abe's thing, right? Yeah, she well, moved out. I think Laurel was just there never too. Left, huh? I think Laurel was there too. In Montana, I believe so. But they, but she and Abe were together and started living out there, right? Like that was the whole thing. I think so. Yeah. All right. I know too much about these people. It's not good. Yeah. yeah um, me too. <laughs> all right. On that note, I can't wait to spend another season uh, breaking down the action, both on and uh, and off the field. I'm excited to see more of the themes for the show. What the elimination thing is going to be, um, you know, and some more TJ. How you get into the <sighs> final. Can't wait. Can't wait for more TJ. Can't wait for TJ's final. One of the other things that I that that kind of brought home to me when some of these flashbacks was I really think some of those seasons where you have to go into elimination to get to the final is a really nice wrinkle. Um and I wouldn't mind seeing more of that, you know, in, in, in this season. Because I do think it, it it has gotten easy for good social players to just avoid elimination, you know? So Yeah. I don't I'm not too mad at that, to be honest. Like, I don't mind if a good social player avoids elimination. Um, if they can do it, good on them. They, they still have to prove themselves in the final. But I don't hate – you know, I, what I love, just another thing I love about this game is, like, every season I'm excited to see what the deal is. You know? Like, not only are we excited to see who's there – you know, are we excited to see how people perform, what specific elimination, you know, events there are? But, like, what are the rules of the game? Every year, is it's exciting to find out just how the game is going to work. It's Will the only teams, game. Like, partners? any other sport. Yeah, I think we would be uh, incensed if they just changed the rules mid-season. Yes. But this this one, it works great. It works great. Yep. And to the point where they almost always change something in the totally. middle of the season, right? And you're totally. like, you're kind of waiting for it. So, yep. um, yeah, what a what a what a show! What a All great right. time! And we'll talk about it next week, uh, and that'll be most short, of the pod. Yeah, yeah, a bit of a short episode next week. I know I'm jinxing it by saying that, huh. but it'll be mostly challenge only because I I'm going to be on vacation. So, um, we're looking forward to it. Absolutely. We're also though going to watch this movie, aren't we? Oh yeah, we are. We are watching a movie. What was the movie that we're watching? It was your idea. <laughs> oh, oh, that's right. Hold on, let me uh, let me get back to it. It's on Paramount Plus. That was that was the. Uh, was it? Um, yeah. Look, Paramount Plus coming coming hard. Uh, it dropped today, and it's called Significant Other, and it stars uh, Jake Lacey. Sounds good. I'll talk to you next week. All right, looking forward to it. Bye. This game's in the Admiral refrigerator. The door is closed. The light's out. Butter's getting hard. The eggs are cooling, and the jello is jiggling. So long, everybody. And do me a favor. Have yourself a tremendous evening.